Well, good deal. So good to have everybody at church today. Man, you are in the best place to be. Definitely the best place to be on a Sunday for sure, right? Before you go do everything else, and we know you already got your plans worked out. You're in the house of the Lord. Be encouraged, strengthened. Man, run into your father. It's an incredible place to be. And man, we are a church seven years in the mix, making it happen, man. Allowing God to use us, infuse us to make a difference inside of our city. And it's absolutely incredible. So it's so good to have you guys maybe seated in the house. I know I'm keeping you up for a second, but for all the new people in here, so good to have you. So good to have you. Welcome to church here today. Man, we are a church that is after the unchurched. That is what we are here to do. We are here to see unchurched people come to know Jesus Christ. That may be disenfranchised with church, or that could be just completely don't know Jesus, don't know the work of God on this earth and his heart for humanity. And you're just like, I'm trying to figure this thing out. Man, we love you guys. We're stoked that you are here. Now, this seven-year journey has been a long, long journey. It's been a long, long journey. It all starts in a dream, but man, it takes some hard work to make it become a reality. Anybody here that's ever started something before, started a business, right? Maybe you went to school, it started as a dream, then you got into school, you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, whatever, and you're like, I'm 12 years in the mix and still not getting paid. <laughs> it's a long journey, right? A long journey. And the process of building takes some time, and man, each step is a faithful step in the direction that maybe God has placed inside of your heart. And that's where we're at today as a movement, just moving forward in what God has for us. Now, I know we got the big announcement. Everybody's on the edge of your seat right now. We got big announcement. So that was all just a setup for this right here. Amen. <laughs> all right, church, seven years in the making. We did something small. We did a little thing. We, uh, we bought a building. December 5th, we want you to come see this building that, man, we feel like God has brought into fruition for us. We're going to be praying over it, break ground on it as we start this endeavor to get it in shape. It's 63,000 square feet. We're renovating 25,000 of it in phase number one. We got 80,000 cars that pass through this highway right here. We're on the right side of the dream that God has given you. We're right here where God has called us to be. Stoked to have you on December 5th. Let's come in, let's pray over it. It's gonna be epic. So bring everybody that you know that has been a part of this journey to come see what God is doing right here, right now for the future of this church. Pearl Street, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Amen. Absolutely incredible. So I've had to wait for a really, a really long time and as you know, if you've been here consistently, I've been like alluding to it. I've even like sled it a couple times and uh, I can't hold secrets, right? It's like my <laughs> wife, my wife can't hold a secret for anything. She'll just tell you what it is. But uh, it is 0.5 miles away from this building right now. It's 1102 North Cherry Street. We're inviting the entire church to come be a part on December 5th, um, this moment in time. We started this journey like uh, looking at it probably a year and two or three months ago. We started like really getting brokers involved January 1-ish around there. We signed the papers June 4th to purchase the building. And uh, now we've had to work out a few things before we released it. So it's been a long time in the making to release it to this moment in time. Uh, the process for building it, I can't save all of it right now, but um, 
We do on December 5th have this opening day and everybody, we want to be a part of it. Um, but we, uh, we got some renovation to do. We got some manpower to make it happen. Uh, so if you, you want to be a part, I mean, that's the hope for this house is we're owners inside of this house and owners have a responsibility. There's people that have taken responsibility. The owners of this house have taken responsibility to get Pearl Street Church where it's at today. And it will be the owners of Pearl Street Church to take Pearl Street where it is going in the future, right? We make up the body of Christ. It's not just people show up and then it's the church is being built. It's the church shows up and we build the church together. And so there's been faithfulness on uh, in the past that has brought it to this moment in time. It will be faithfulness and sacrifice that brings it into fruition inside of the future. So we're going to do some really cool stuff. I won't say all the stuff we're doing, but the main thing I saw uh, with the vision that I had is that the body of Christ, Pearl Street Church, we will surround the entire building with some anointing oil. Anointing oil is a symbol or uh, symbolism for consecration. Uh, it was done inside of the tabernacle, done inside of the temple. And today it's done, to, we anoint people to consecrate them back to God. It's all a consecration on this thing that we are consecrating is consecrating it back to God. The original intent, the original use uh, of what it was intended for. So we are going to consecrate and say, this is for God right here. Never again will this place ever be in the hands of whatever else is going to be used for ministry. And so we're going to surround the building, pour it all out at the same time and pray in Jesus name. And then we got other, th other stuff we're going to be doing. That's going to be really, really epic. Cool. Yeah. So it's good. It's great. I think it's great. I think so. <laughs> Once you hear the story, you'll be like, whoa, okay, that's God. And uh, once, you, once you hear it, you're like, okay, this wasn't like a harebrained idea. That's why you haven't known about it for a long time because it's been like prayer, 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 stop. Okay, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? You got to move. Okay, he moves and then we move and then we, it's like a really cool thing. So once you all come down together, I mean, we purchased it for $3.2 million. I don't want to pay $3.2 million for it. I wish it was like $32.50, you know? <laughs> But sometimes it costs money. If we try to buy something like that here in this area, like right over here in Pearl, it's 10 million. Literally, we looked at buildings and everything. But that one right there, 0.5 miles away, it's literally and figuratively on the other side of the tracks, 1102 North Cherry Street. Look it up. You can drive around it, pray over it, whatever you want to do. But it's in Dignity Hill. And uh, it's right there. You can see 281 right there. It's kind of all at that area. And I, I, you know, people would always tell me, like, Brent, why don't you just move further outside of the city? Why don't you just kind of, I mean, it's property's cheaper, you know, you can get something bigger, blah, blah, blah. If you were here pre-COVID, you know the five service game that we were on. Sweating, old school church, we were in here like sweating it like nobody's business. Loving Jesus, you know, AC couldn't keep up with what God was doing in here. It was crazy. But everybody's like, why don't you just do that? Make it easier. But here's the deal. I'm not about easy. I'm all about what God wants us to do. And I will, God graces you for what is necessary when he's given you a vision. And I said, no. I want it to be a mile within where we are at. I want it to be in a neighborhood. I want it to have a highway access or highway visibility. You know, I was like all this stuff. Like I was listening off like entitled, you know, whatever. <laughs> and here we are today. And the opportunity is literally pop, 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 pop. Everything that um, I've got is placed on my heart. Some people may call it stubborn. I just call it faithful, <laughs> right? Faith-filled, right? Uh, or faith-filled, I should say. Uh, my wife might call it stubborn. I'll call it faith-filled, right? Yeah. Uh, so we are, we're moving forward in this direction and it's absolutely going to be crazy. A lot of work to, to happen inside of the future. I, I just want to keep on talking about it because it's so amazing and I haven't been able to talk about it. I'm like a kid in a candy store right now. Like it's on the other. 
Um, but it's super cool. Can't wait for you guys to see it. And I pray that you walk into that space and feel everything that pretty much everybody that's walked in has felt. Um, it, it's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing stuff that, man, God's in the mix. And so I'm ready for everybody to come check it out. Cool. The, seat, the auditorium will be roughly between like, I'm trying to get 800. I'm looking at the, the contractor right now that's doing it. He's like looking at me like, you ain't getting no 800. But I'm trying in Jesus' name. It'll be like uh, 650 to 800 seating, maybe 850 if we're lucky. Um, we will not break fire code. Not in Jesus' name. We're not breaking fire code right now, just FYI. So don't worry about it. We'll, we're going to have fun with it. So it's going to be awesome, okay? So uh, let's jump into what we're talking about here today. We've been in a series, or we started a series last week called Fearless. I was in Albuquerque preaching at a friend's church. He literally called me up like four weeks ago. I was like, hey, you wanna, can you come preach? I'm not going to be here, and nobody in my family is going to be here, and I trust you to come in and preach at my church so to hold this thing down. So I went and preached in Albuquerque. It was awesome. It was an incredible time. I've never done something like that since the past seven years of ministry, so I might start doing it more often. It was actually pretty cool. But... um. <laughs> Because I got to say all the stories I say around here a lot. And everybody's like, you sold that one before. I'm like, I'm running out of material. Help me out. <laughs> it was like wheels off. I'm like, yeah, you know. <laughs> I went over 10 minutes the first service and then five minutes the second service because I felt bad. And the last service, I was like, ain't nobody coming after this. So uh, I'm going to go 15 over. Okay, cool. <laughs> They're all looking at me like, uh, I was like, I got the mic right now. <laughs> What are you going to do? Come up here and look like a crazy person? Okay. <laughs> but it was absolutely a blast. So we started off a conversation last week here in video, if you were here, Fearless. Now, if you know, Fearless is the series we started when we started capital campaigning for the future of our church. And I thought now, since we can announce this as we're going into December 5th, doing this, what better way to kind of wrap it back around, reflip, redo it. It's the same series title. We'll talk about different things, but this fearless conversation for our future. When we talked about it in December, or sorry, January of 2019, when we were talking about fearless, the story of Joshua 1 on man, looking fearlessly into the future, moving fearlessly into the future is the same thing we are at right now, the precipice of we fearlessly got to move into the future. And last week we talked about when the body of Christ is vulnerable, we do need to be fearless and caring for the body of Christ. In the body of Christ is vulnerable right now. 36% of people that were in church before COVID are now back in church, but there's a whole nother uh, 64% of people that are disconnected from the body of Christ that were connected pre-COVID. And then tell you the truth, it doesn't matter what's happened, just the, the sin of this world has brought sickness into the world and this sickness that has compassed the whole world is an attack, I believe, on the body of Christ for sure getting people disconnected from the body of Christ that can bring hope and healing to their lives, hope and healing to their families. And man, so for us, we, when the body of Christ is vulnerable, is the body of Christ, the real one's gonna stand up and care for the body of Christ. Literally, the body of Christ was vulnerable and Joseph Arimathea and Nicodemus stepped into the picture and said, we're gonna take the body down. Joseph Arimathea took it to his tomb, bought all the spices for it, cared for the body of Christ. And every generation, a generation, uh, every generation needs some real ones, some Christ followers to say, when the body of Christ is vulnerable, we're stepping into the mix. And that is a responsibility right now for the real ones in the body of Christ to stand up and say, we're giving, we're serving, we're inviting, right? We're praying over the body of Christ. That is our responsibility. So fearlessly caring for the body of Christ right now in this season. Today, we want to talk about fearless gratitude, fearless appreciation, fearless thankfulness. If you want to talk about it, you can write this across the top of your paper. Speak what needs to be spoken. 
Just speak what needs to be spoken. You know, sometimes in life, when it comes to gratitude and appreciation, it's hard to speak these things out for whatever reason, right? We live in a world that is void of a lot of speaking thankfulness and gratitude, living from a perspective of appreciation and speaking to others with that same appreciation and thankfulness. We live in a world that can be challenged with that. You know, how many of you guys have ever been in that moment in your life where you've had a lot of things done for you, but one, thing's happen, one thing happens and you overlook all of that goodness and you get so frustrated in a moment and all of a sudden you just become toxic to everybody else around you. Right, you've been there? You get frustrated with something, oh, something hits your heart and all of a sudden you begin to verbally vomit on everybody else. Now, nobody struggles with this, I know. It's just me. Hey, I'm preaching to myself today because this is a real conversation for all of us, but it's a real conversation for me. You know, a couple of years ago, my, my parents, they, uh, they sold their house in Pecan Valley. They made like $30,000 on it. My parents were like, hey, let's take all of the family to Colorado. We got four sons. We were all married at that time. There's a few chonquitos, grand, grand chonquitos in the picture at that moment in time for all the gringos, that's grandkids. And, um, <laughs> and so we all jumped in a van together and went off to Pagosa Springs. I think we stayed in the woods there and then we all skied at Wolf Creek and we had this incredible time out there. Well, while we were there, I'm an individual that likes to squeeze the best out of everything to the very last drop. Anybody? When I was in Nice one time, we were leaving that day to go to Nice. I woke up at like 6 a.m. or I woke up at like 5 a.m. I went out. Heather's still sleeping. Like, oh, I'm just leaving. Went out in the middle of, I climbed up stuff, caught the sunrise, did all this stuff. Before we had to leave, I was getting the best. I was getting all of it out of it. Well, the last day of this ski trip, we were there for like four or five days and we came to the end of this trip and I'm like, you know what? I've been sacrificing my time with everybody else that can't ski as good as me and I've been having to wait for them. I've only been able to get like four or five runs in because they're slow and they can't ski and I'm over here all graceful and patient with them. It's the last day, so I'm gonna go do my thing. I said, okay, I'm getting my, 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 my skiing on, you know what I mean? So I just skied my backside off that day. I think, I think I had a total of 14 runs all day long, just going up and down, up and down. I was like, and I skied pretty fast. At one moment in time, I was clocked. I probably shouldn't say this, but I, was cl I clocked myself on the ski tracker, like clock you. I hit 81 miles an hour at one point in time, right? I should be in the Olympics right now, but. Uh, <laughs> but after I saw that, I was like, oh my God, I could have died. What am I doing with my life? So I've only hit like 70 cents. So I'm going moving on. We're moving it on and going crazy and doing this and skiing. And plus I'm 38. So that's another thing. I'm not, yeah, I got two kids too. So I'm skiing all day long and doing this whole thing. This is when I didn't have kids. So you just, you're crazy. Uh, and we, the end of this trip, like the end of the ski day, we were jumping in the van and then we were driving all the way back home. So I do all these runs and I get the last run in and I feel so good because I think I caught the lift like last chair up. And I was like, yes, get to be the last gear. It felt amazing until I got about an hour into the drive home. And then there's something called altitude sickness. That whenever you change elevation so much, your body can't keep up with it, right? Now, sometimes it happens whenever you fly into Denver, you drive straight out to Vail, Breckenridge, all these other higher elevations, you can get sick because your body, the altitude and all this other stuff, and you gotta seek medical professional to understand, like my wife, to understand what's going on here. All I know is I was sick. And I'm frustrated, I'm driving, we're driving home and I'm sick and I feel nauseous and I'm just in the back, I'm like, oh, oh my God, shut the babies up, oh, you know, that's a, 
Well, we were supposed to stop in Fort, Fort Stockton halfway on the trip home. It's like a 14-hour trip. And I was supposed to stop in Fort, Fort Stockton. When we rolled in, because we left, I think it was like, uh, we left at like 5 p.m. And then by the time we got to Fort Stockton, I think it was like 12 or 1, and we were going to stop. And then we got there, and it was like super sus, super sus. For all the young people, super sus. It was like super sus. For all the older generation, it was super suspect. It's apparently what that means, okay? There's people that are super sus. There's places that are super sus. I'm just learning this. I'm just giving you what I'm getting, okay? It was super sus, okay? Suspect. I don't know, you know. We rolled in. It was like, this place super sus. I don't know if we're going to make it out of here alive. So we kept on driving. We kept on driving. <laughs> so we're driving all through the night. I'm sick. I'm like, what's going on? So we get an hour away from home, San Antonio, and my mom decides to add a comment to me to impart something into my life. And the impartation she had it was, well, if you did not ski so much the day before, yesterday, then you wouldn't feel like this. They just paid for the entire trip for me to be there, me and my wife, the, the, the house we stayed in, all the skis we had, all the passes for me to be there. Do you think I remembered that in that moment? No, I did not. I did not at all. I said, I don't like this. I don't feel good. And I don't like your mouth right now, okay? <laughs> so I just... Blah, 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 blah. Now, anybody, any moms in here, you do anything for your kids. You do it all for your kids. You like lay it all out there. My mom went in high school. Whenever I had an issue with the coach, she's like, wait right here. She went in there and let that coach know something. Okay. <laughs> That's my mom. So in this moment, she gives it all. And just a little bit of comment back to her broke her heart. She just cried. Just like, oh my God. <laughs> For 60 minutes until we get back. I knew about the 60 minutes, but I called her this last week because I got to confirm these stories before I tell them. I ain't up here trying to lie. You know what I mean? And she was like, oh yeah, that time where you broke my heart. Yes, I remember. <laughs> She's like, I don't remember exactly what you said, but I do remember I cried for an hour. And then what you don't know is that after that, when we got back to the church, is where we met my, my parents' church. I went into the church and I wailed for 15 minutes after that and had to talk to another pastor on team about what just happened so that I can get myself right. You don't remember that. She's like, I had to go to counseling for that. She's like putting it on hard. I was like, did you really, Mo? She's like, I'm just playing with you. <laughs> Here's the deal. How many of us live lives like this? So many beautiful, blessed things. People are doing so much for us and we get a moment of pain. And all of a sudden, in bitterness and anger or frustration in our heart, we become verbal vomits. We become toxic for everybody else around us. You know, I find this story in Exodus 15 where the children of Israel are in a very similar place. So much has been done. They find themselves in a place where so much has been done, but they got one issue. And when there's one issue happens, they begin to verbally vomit. You want to look at it with me? Let's look at Exodus 15, this moment in time, right after the, the, they get chased down by uh, Pharaoh's army. The Red Sea happens, the parting of it, all the plagues that went down that provided them for the opportunity to show that God is God and his people. Let them go. 
And they find themselves where they're just on the other side of all these blessings. And it says this, then Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea and they moved out into the desert of Shur. They traveled in this desert for three days without finding any water. When they came to the oasis of Marah, the, the water was too bitter to drink. So they called the place Marah. That's just mad, right? Like, ah, this is Marah, this is bitter. You know, there's mad. Verse 24, then the people complained and turned against Moses. What are we going to drink? They demanded. So Moses cried out to the Lord for help, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. Moses threw it into the water, and this made the water good to drink. How crazy is that? He cried out, complainers. The leader cries out to God. He shows them a piece of wood. He's like, this is a good idea. I'm going to throw it down into the water, and then it makes it clean. Come on, they have so many blessings, so many things God has done for them, and they find themselves with this one thing, this water, we're thirsty. Ha, ah, we want to see this happen. We're, we're in need. We're in desperation. And rather than in this moment saying, God, you've done it before. God, you can do it again. They just begin to verbally vomit. Ah, I'm not happy. What's up with this bitter water? Why does it have to be this way? I don't understand it. Come on, if you've got some kids, you know what this is like. You've done so much for them, and this one thing doesn't go right. Ah, especially you've got a three-year-old. And how many times are we the three-year-olds in life? He's provided an opportunity. He's given us uh, uh, blessings, man. He's, he's shown up inside of our lives. He's brought healing to our hearts, man. We're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Our marriages are better today. Our family is better today. And all of a sudden, we hit this one moment where something doesn't go our way, and now we're mad at the world. Here's the deal. If we have brokenness on the inside of our hearts, if we ourselves are in a bitter place, if you want to go off the word bitter there, if we are in a bitter place inside of our hearts, we will begin to hurt the people around us and we, will may, we may not be able to even receive the blessing that God is bringing and the gratitude that is being spoken inside of our lives. Number one, if you want to write it down here today, I would write this, fix what's broken. So the gratitude that's being spoken or the blessing that's being spoken around or being, being given around you, you actually can receive it. If you're in a broken place, you know how hard it is to receive from somebody you don't respect? You know how hard it is to receive from somebody that you, you, uh, you see as, a, as, a, as somebody that is a bad person, right? You know, we're about to walk into Thanksgiving and, and sit around tables this, this next week with a broken heart and broken relationship with maybe people that are around the table. How in the world can we even be a blessing to those around us when we ourselves have bitterness that are root, is rooted on the inside of our hearts? How can we step into a place of thanksgiving and be the light, be the joy into that atmosphere whenever we're dealing with broken relationships? We could be sitting in there like with our friends and family and like we're, we're hanging out and man, we have this resentment in our hearts towards what they did in our past or, or what they said two years ago or what they did 10 years ago. And we're sitting there like, hi, how are you? I love you. God bless you. And we got to put this mask on in order to exist in places that should be the most supportive and encouraging places around us. If we don't fix what's broken on the inside of us, and if we don't fix what's broken maybe in our relationships, more than likely, we won't be able to receive what God is bringing down in blessing. 
We won't be able to receive what maybe God is bringing towards us and people encouraging us or, or speaking to our goodness because every time we, they, they say something of gratitude or appreciation, we think there's an ulterior motive to it. We think that they're lying, but really it's an issue that we have in on the inside of our hearts. Bitterness, ugh, messes up everything. If we're bitter, man, it's gonna be hard for anybody to get anything out of us. It's gonna be hard for people to receive from us. We're gonna be in a really challenging space in our lives. For me as a young man, being a person that was challenged as a young man, there were some things that happened. I was walking in insecurity. I didn't have necessarily the most encouragement inside of my life from my dad. It's just what it was. Little did I know in that moment that for me to feel okay about myself, I had to demonize everybody else around me to make myself feel better. Because there was lack of gratitude coming to me or appreciation or thankfulness coming to me into my life, encouragement coming to me, I had to demonize everybody else. Well, see, I'm not like them. Well, I'm actually better than them to make myself feel better. You know what happens whenever we feel brokenness on the inside of our hearts? We begin to have individual pride in whatever we are passionate about. It's not humble. It's not sitting here saying, man, look, man, my life got changed. I'm transformed. Thank you, God, for this transformation inside my life. I'm this new creation. Oh, God, I'm here to serve the world. I'm here to love people. I'm here to heal bro you know, to, uh, speak to broken people. That's what I'm here to do. I'm broken, but I'm here to call, call them to reach broken people. It becomes this thing on like, no, I got some political pride. I got some spiritual pride in my life. I got some, you know, uh, athletic pride in my life. I'm not like everybody isn't as good as me. We elevate ourselves above other people in order to make ourselves feel better. What is it? It's brokenness on the inside of our hearts. It's pride rising up on the inside of us to bring pain to other people in order to deal with our issues. Here's the deal. Jesus called us to fix these issues on the inside of our hearts and our lives. What is it that's broken on the inside of you? If I said today, hey, take, an, take 10 people in your life and write down, man, I'm gonna tell them I'm grateful for X, Y, and Z. 10 people. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna level up on that. Take the 10 family members. Exactly. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh yeah, I got 10 people. Yeah, yeah. Tell 10 family members. I don't know, I don't know. I got a small family, I don't know. <laughs> and start to say, I'm gonna start writing what I'm thankful for about them. Now here's a challenge. One of the things that I struggle with when it comes to appreciation and gratitude, one of the things I struggle with is, good job doing this, but I always gotta put my butt on it, I don't know why. Great job doing this, but if you could start doing this better, that would be awesome. And I was talking this out with uh, a counselor in our church um, this past week. And she said, you know, that, that's actually passive aggressive. I was like, please, ow, that really hurt. <laughs> she said, because if you got to put your butt on it, it really means that you don't, you, or what you're saying is you really don't mean what you said in the beginning. You're justifying it by trying to correct them on the back end. So if you can get your butt off of it and just be specific about what you're thankful for, then you actually could be gracious and gra grateful for them and build them up with your encouragement. Ouch, I don't necessarily like that, right? Now we find ourselves where we can be bitter and broken and we just hold back all of it because we, we need all of it for ourselves because we feel so broken. But God has called us to be voices of encouragement. He's called us to be people, shining our light for the world to see, people that love the world, love broken people. 
that man, yet while we were sinners, he died for us. That's what he did for us. And in this place of brokenness, man, yes, he has restored us, but now we can move in a direction to give to people around us what is needing to be given. We can speak to people around us what needs to be spoken. We're stepping into Thanksgiving, man, and it's gonna be powerful this next week if we can get this right. But it can be toxic if we get it wrong. We can perpetuate the same things that have been happening for a long period of time with a broken heart and broken relationships, creating tension and chaos all around us. You know, I love how James, I think it's James chapter four says it this way, or James three says it this way. Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. The same thing, you know, if you are broken on the inside, you can't give out. You're struggling to give out goodness. You're struggling to give out encouragement. You're that salty spring. You can't get something out that has not been transformed, that has not been purified. Now, I'm afraid in this generation that there's ungodly behaviors that are being justified because there's, there's brokenness on the inside of us and there's a broken world in which we live in that is justifying behaviors and the church is latching hold to bad ideas, bad behaviors, because we want to justify ourselves rather than going to Jesus and being justified by him so that we can move in a direction of healing for the world. The second thing I'll leave you with this today is we will, uh, what we onload is what we offload. Whatever we are onloading inside of our lives is what we're going to be offloading out of our lives. You know what the age-old statement is? Garbage in, garbage out. Right? The garbage truck picks something up. It has no ability to transform the state of that garbage. It just drops it off when it gets to the landfill. And here's the deal. If we're not analyzing inside of our lives what quali- what's the quality coming in into our lives, we can be in a very challenged space. Right? If I asked you today, said, hey, from on, on a scale of one to 10 of righteousness, on godliness, on God's expectation, rate the inputs in your life. Rate your Netflix input. What is the quality? Is it from a one to 10 on righteousness? Is it a two? Is it an eight? Okay, the quality of music that you listen to here today, what is the quality? Is it a one? Is it an eight? Or is it a 10? Whatever. What is it? Rate the quality of inputs into your life the media sources that you're downloading in your life. Rate the quality of it, because here's the deal, whatever's coming in is going to come out. Whatever the quality in is, is gonna determine the quality out, right? You gotta be careful inside of your life on what you allow in, right? The people you surround yourself with, right? What are those inputs around you, right? What are, their behaviors are gonna lead towards certain level of behaviors inside of your life. Right? You're the sum total of the five closest people to you. Your income is going to be the medium average of those five people. Probably your spiritual pursuit is going to be the sum total of those five people closest to you. Right? So what, what's the quality of input that's coming in? Because that's going to determine the quality of output that's coming out. Right? I mean, I know with music, there's good beats. The beat may be a 10, but I mean, the quality of content on the, the words may be like a two. Probably in this generation, it's a zero. Okay? Probably. <laughs> And those are things that we, if we're not careful, we can find ourselves inputting so much that now whenever we step into life and we're trying to do, right, we're, we're, quoting, we're quoting songs that we heard about that are completely ungodly, right? We're, we're quoting things that's coming from media sources that are completely contrary to our word, right? What does Jesus do? Matthew 4, 4, what does Jesus do when he's confronted? When he's confronted by the devil, Matthew 4, 4, what does he come back with? Man doesn't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth 
of God. That's what we do. So in the beginning was the word, word was God, and word was with God. Jesus was in the beginning. He was the word. The enemy comes to an inner ideas that are counter to the righteousness of God immediately comes back with being the word is in him. He comes back with the word. And I'll tell you today, this is what we want inside of our lives is the ideas of the enemy are entered into our living to get us off course with God's destination for us. We gotta have the ability to say, no, God's word says this, so therefore I'm going to do that. I'm not gonna live according to the lie, I wanna live according to the truth, right? Because the truth has set me free. What does it say in uh, Psalms 119, 119, 11 says it this way, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. What is that? I'm downloading the word in my life. I'm getting it rooted inside of my heart that when the enemy comes to bring sin into my life, I got a word for him. And that word is the word of truth so I can stay on course what he's called me to do. I'm downloading the word. I'm in prayer every single day. I'm connected to my creator so I don't get, get off course with his destination for my life. This is what we're called to do. It's what we're called to be, right? This is what God has destined for our lives. But we can get caught in a world of feeling like we need to be entertained. And the entertainment, let me just tell you today, entertainment is gonna feel really good. But if you're not paying attention spiritually to the entertainment, you can go along with very wicked behaviors and ideas that are slipped into the content that is all intended to compromise either you and definitely to compromise your children that does not have the capacity or the intellect yet or understanding yet to get what's going on. It's so our responsibility to say, okay, what is the input coming in? I'm gonna hide his word in my heart. The same way that, you know, whenever you work out, you're working with your body, you're working your heart, you're getting the thing work going. The same way that whenever you eat food, you're re-energizing your body. The same way that whenever you drink water, you're hydrating your body. The same way that you do all these different things to do something for you. When you read the word, you're increasing your faith. Whenever you're praying, you're strengthening your soul. You're in this place where you're being rejuvenated every single day. I mean, this is what God has called us to do so that we can be in the right frame of mind to do what Jesus wants us to do. This is what gets us into a place where it's the right frame of mind, the right perspective, the right heart shift on the inside. We got to change what is being accepted in our society. We can't go along with the way the world is doing it. We are a part of a different kingdom. And that different kingdom cannot justify unforgiveness. Ouch. Jesus says, do it seven times 70. You're like, yeah, but I forgive this one, you know, brother-in-law like 70 times. And Jesus is like, yeah, what times that times? Six, okay? That's how many more times you got. All he's saying is, hey, don't put a number on it. Just make sure your heart is transitioned. Make sure you get the bitterness out so that it's not your expectations on what you have. You're living according to my will for your life. Get the expectations off. Become childlike, right? Be childlike and just keep on loving people. Now, what I just said is really hard to do, okay? <laughs> in, in preparing this message, I'm like, dude, I got some work to do. I got some conversations I got to have. I don't necessarily like that. I don't want to have the conversation. I don't want to have no conversation with a family member. <laughs> What's that? I just like up here like, yeah, it's awesome and love Jesus and it's great. But here's the deal. Trials you will face in this world. You're going to face them. There's going to be issues. Take heart though. 
I've overcome this jacked up, chaotic, evil world. Take heart. I've overcome it. I gave you the Holy Spirit. This is the beautiful thing about our Heavenly Father. He's given us His Spirit. He didn't say, deuces, figure it out. He's like, I'm with you on this journey. I know it's tough, but when it's tough, you got me to help you navigate your emotions, navigate your, your desires, navigate this stuff to be what I need you to be. It's crazy. I mean, think about this. Paul, whenever he was traveling, I think it was in Lystra. I may be wrong on that, so don't quote. But in Lystra, in Acts, he was, he was, he was taken out of the town and he was stoned. The intention of being stoned is they kill you. That's the intention. We're gonna throw rocks at you until you are no longer living. Now what the Bible says, they threw him long enough that he was like unconscious, but they didn't throw it long enough that they killed him. The Bible says that he rejuvenated himself, he got back up. Where did he go, running for his life? No, he went right back into the town and say, I'm here. <laughs> What level of love do you have to have that the people that you just tried to kill you, you got enough love on the inside of you that does not change your perspective on what you're called to do. You go right back to that place and say, Jesus loves you. He is for you. He's given his life for you. Come on, turn from your sin, follow him. You'll get eternal life. What level of transformation do you have to have? I get like half the room's like, I don't know about this one. You know. I like where I'm living at right now, okay? A little bitter, okay. You know, living my bad life, you know. It's tough, though. It's real deal Holyfield stuff, right? We got to live this stuff. We got to be this stuff. We got we to gotta encompass this, right? Jesus would say it this way in Luke 6. He says this. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. All right. So what do you got to do? You got to guard your heart above all else. Proverbs talks about why? Because out of it flows the issues of your life, right? You can't get good stuff out of a jacked up heart. You got to guard that heart. Guarding your heart is I'm not allowing chaos to come in. If this affects my life, what is in me flows out of me. What is in me is spoken out of me. I got to make sure I guard these inputs. No, 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 no. Because I want to download what's right so I can live right. I want to download what's good so I can be good. I want to download what's righteous so I can be righteous. I don't want to download chaos of this world. I don't want to download fear of this world. That's why like, when a scary, mo like, scary movie comes on trailer, on, on whatever it is now, when it comes on, I'm like, nope, mm -mm. nope, 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 nope. To this day, grown man, nope, in Jesus' name. <laughs> we went to watch Clifford the Big Red Dog or whatever he's called now today with our girls this last, was it Thursday? And man, they had the Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters trailer on. It's like, <laughs> like something's coming out. I'm like, this is Ghostbusters right now? I'm like, can we leave right now? I'm out, I'm out. Ghostbusters look scary. <laughs> right? Nope, uh, not in Jesus, no, no, no. What we download, we offload. We got to be careful on inputs. It messes with us. We're stepping into environments this last week that, or this next week where, man, if we got some brokenness, it's going to be really hard if we're downloading the wrong things to offload the right things because of that brokenness maybe in us, maybe in the relationships around us. The last thing I'll leave you with today is if you have an attitude, come on. If you have an attitude, you might as well just make it gratitude, right? Oh, really? Well, I love you. <laughs> well, I'm saying, if you've got an attitude, man, you're going to put an attitude on. We live in a generation today that's like, 
that wants to justify every grievance you can have, that get, justifies your actions to be like you tell somebody and disrespect authority. That's the world in which we live in here today. It's justifying behaviors that are ungodly and unrighteous. But here's the deal. Get your attitude, but just make it an attitude of gratitude. That's all you got to do. Just be like, yeah, I do got my attitude. And guess what? It's gratitude. <laughs> I am thankful for the Lord. I am thankful for all he has done. I'm thankful that I'm breathing today, right? What does Colossians say? Colossians 2 would say it this way, and this is in light of all of this stuff. What does he say? And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to what? Follow, follow him. You accept him, keep on following him. Okay, if you're going to follow him, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. You accepted him, be changed and transformed, change your ideas, your concepts, know him, grow in him, let your roots grow down. You know how many roots there are in the tree? There's a lot of them. Get your roots and all of your stuff and all your thinking into the word, into Jesus Christ. Like, I know all of it. I'm downloading all the good stuff. I'm going to build my life on Jesus. That's what I'm here for. And with that, uh, then your faith will grow strong in the truth. You were taught. We teaching the truth in here. This is truth. All sinners saved by grace. Then you're going to grow, and as you do that, and you will overflow with what? Thankfulness. It's amazing how when you are grateful for what Jesus has done for you, God has done for you, you can move in a direction of thankfulness for everybody else around you. I mean, this is the premise of humility inside of our faith. The premise right here. Because of what Christ has done for you, move in a direction to the world and the same heart and the same sentiment that he moved in the direction of you. Yet while you were sinners, he died for you. He didn't require you to do something before he did something for you. The sentiment there is, hey, Jesus has done that. Grow in him, and in light of that, you're gonna move in a direction of thankfulness. Thank you, God, for your goodness. Yet while I was a sinner, you saved me. I don't mean, you don't have to do another thing for me. I'm good here on this earth. Now I'm gonna move in a direction of appreciation. Thank you, God. You know, that's the power of walking into this room. Thank you, God. That's worship. Right? If you go back to the, you know, the Lord's Prayer that we talked about a few months ago. Man, it's all coming to this place. Our Father, who art in heaven, you're all around. Amen. Hallowed be your name. Oh, you are revered. You sit on your throne. You're incredible. Thy kingdom come. I want you and your kingdom right here on this earth. I want righteousness and godliness lived out. I want you, to, your throne to be established right here on this earth. I'm pressing for that to happen right here on this earth. Your will be done. Not man's will. Man's jacked up and sinful. Your will be done. I want you to do it right here. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Lead us not into temptation. God, Put us in a place where we don't have these temptations around us. We got these ungodly desires that are lurking on the inside of us. We want to be justified before man. Oh, don't let us be tempted. Oh, we got this sin and that thing. Don't let us be tempted. Oh. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. Right? Forgive. Another part of that is, Father, for, forgive us of our trespasses. Man, there's things that we're doing. We know that we, we messed up. We, we know we've messed up. Uh, but also, help us forgive those that have trespassed against us. Ah. Here's the beauty. When you know the forgiveness you've received, it's very easy to give forgiveness to those. Right? What is Jesus' whole story that he talks about forgiveness? These debtors, the unforgiving, unforgiving de debtor, 
He's got these accounts. He's forgiven of all these accounts. What does he do? He immediately goes out and what does he do? He demands the debt of somebody that owes him. Evil, evil. It's the story of Jesus. If you've been forgiven, forgive. Change it, flip it, right? Speak what needs to be spoken. Deal with the issue on your own life. We're gonna step into environments this next week that man, maybe they need somebody that has the courage to be thankful and grateful, has the courage to speak what needs to be spoken according to the truth of God's word, not through the justification of the world. The world will say you're crazy, but that's where we wanna be as the kingdom of God, crazy. You know what? You know what Gandhi said? Gandhi read the New Testament. And he said, man, I like this Jesus. And then he met some believers in South Africa and said, the, the believers don't look like their savior. He was gonna convert. He was like, man, I'm, if this is real, I'm gonna follow this Jesus. He says, I like the Jesus, but I just don't like the Christians. Now here's the deal. If we represent something differently, this is the upside down kingdom in which we live in. The expectations are all upside down. This is what confuses the wise, right? Why do they do that? I mean, uh, how can they be loving to people that are hateful towards them? How can they do this? And how, how do they stand with the marginalized? Or how do they stand with the weak? Or how do they stand with the poor? That's crazy, I mean, ah. It's an upside down kingdom, but it comes from a transformed heart. The crazy thing about this story that I just read in Exodus 15 is it talks about a piece of wood that was thrown down into the water that purified that water. Scholars believe this is a foreshadow of what Jesus Christ would do for us. In the bitterness, in the pain, in the sin of life, there was a cross that came. There was a man that lived a perfect life. And that man had a purpose sent by God to redeem all of humanity unto their creator that existed in a broken relationship. And Jesus came and he hung on a cross, wood. And this wood that was thrown down into the bitterness of this well is the wood that can be put on the bitterness of our hearts. That we walk in resentment and anger and unforgiveness, but Jesus Christ in the cross paid the debt of our sin that we can walk in new freedom here today. We can walk in the new creation. We don't have to live according to man's ideas and the world's standards anymore. We can step into the kingdom now and live as children of God. Amen. The cross is on our hearts. We're a new creation. This is the beauty of the cross. And here today, you may be here living in bitterness, ungrateful for everything around you. God is raining down blessings all around you, but you can't even receive it because you're at odds with your creator. You got a broken relationship with him and he's raining down blessing, but you're like, I don't want that. You got people all around you that are encouraging you and you're supporting you and believing in your best, but you can't even receive their gratitude because you got brokenness on the inside of your heart. Every time they say it, you're like, you're disingenuous. I don't believe you. Maybe you're here today and it's time to deal with your bitterness. It's time to deal with the brokenness. Yes, there are things that have happened to you. 
let's recognize it. You've been hurt. There's been some words spoken over your life that you completely disagree with that's out of alignment with God, yes. You've said some things and you've done some things to hurt some people. You have broken relationships around you, yes. But it doesn't have to stay that way. Let's just take that wood and let's throw it down into our hearts and let's purify it. Maybe today for you, you need Jesus. The bitterness is rooted in unforgiveness and it's an unforgiveness that comes from your heavenly father. You haven't been forgiven. You haven't come in humility to say, I am a sinner. Jesus, I need you to save me. I've missed the mark of God's expectation. It's time for me to change this up. It's time for me to get a new heart, a new perspective to change my life. Maybe for you today, it's salvation in Jesus Christ. You've tried to do it a thousand different ways and you're ending up in the same results. And here you are today saying, I am still broken. I am still frustrated. I am still angry. I am still in broken relationship with people around me. And it's time to come to the end of yourself and come humbly to Jesus and say, I need your salvation. I need your cross on my sin. I need your salvation on my sin. Maybe that's you today. And if that's you, I mean, let's heads up, eyes wide open. We're, we're here to acknowledge Jesus here on this earth because he says, if we do, he'll acknowledge us in heaven. This is not about manipulation. This is about confrontation with ourselves. Hopefully the Holy Spirit is speaking right now to you saying, hey, you're living it wrong. You're doing it wrong. You've been doing it wrong. You know you've been doing it wrong. I've been with you all along this journey trying to reveal to you there's bitterness, there's unforgiveness, there's issues on the inside of your heart. You're walking in pain. You're walking in frustration, but I got the solution and you are led to this moment at this moment in time for whatever reason, November 21st, 2021, you are here in this moment because Jesus has been pursuing you and you finally responded. And if that's you, let's put the cross on our heart today. If this is you today, just stand up and say, I wanna receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I wanna put the cross on my sin. Just stand up if that's you, you wanna receive Jesus, stand up. It's a bold decision. Amen. 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 Big, big decision. So no manipulation, complete revelation, status, place in life. This is why we do church. If you're an owner inside of this house, this is it. We wanna help people know Jesus and his plan and walk it out, do things that are righteous, right? Be encouraged and go live it. But man, pray desperately that we never lose sight of this right here lost people turning towards their savior. People that are far from God, stepping into right relationship with him. If you're making this decision today, it's the greatest decision of your life. It may be the hardest though. It may be the hardest decision you make because now it's time to move from the way you used to do things. The old is gone and you're stepping into a new life in Christ. What do you gotta do? You gotta put to death the old man, that old mentality, right? You gotta get your roots dug like, completely down into Jesus now. You gotta build your life on him. You gotta change the way you think. You gotta get new inputs coming into your life. It may cost you everything. 
But in giving everything, what we know about the New Testament is we gain everything. We gain it all in Jesus' name. So here's the deal. In solidarity with those around us that are saying yes to Jesus and moving in this direction, it's a big, bold step. Owners of Pearl Street Church, can we stand to our feet in solidarity with them? And let's all pray this prayer together. Say, Jesus, we thank you for your life and we thank you for your sacrifice. We ask you to forgive us of our sin and come into our heart. Make us new here today. We believe you're the Son of God and you have come to change the world. We're gonna follow you to the ends of the earth in this kingdom known as the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody says amen and amen and amen. Amen. Now, if you're in here today and you're a person that you got bitterness inside of your heart, but you know what the truth is. You know that you're stepping into with the position of your heart and your perspective in life. You're about to step into some really uncomfortable moments this next week at Thanksgiving. Here's the deal. How about we just run to the Father? How about we just run to the Father? How about right now we say, you know what? This is my issue. This is my struggle. This is my pain. This is where my frustration is. This is where I've just been ungrateful. This is where I don't have the right perspective. This is where I need to change my thinking. This is where I need to remove my inputs that's perpetuating these ideas or this lifestyle or this thinking. And we need to run to the Father. Come on, these guys, let's sing it out as we close this out. Just sing the first part of this song. But what I want us to do in this environment, let's confront our apathy. Let's confront the issues of our own heart. Let's confront the things that we've allowed to stick around that Jesus was saying, it's time to deal with the issues. As we step into this moment, let's run after our heavenly father. The one that has the solution to our problems. The ones that can resolve the issue of our heart. The ones that can, the one that can change us and transform us. The one that can change our perspective can give us courage and strength in order to confront our issues and step into environments with courage to be something different. Jesus, I pray right now, Lord, in an apathetic state of our hearts, God, it's very easy to look out and say, look what they're doing, God. But it's hard to look inward and say, God, this is who I am. This is what I have become. Lord, I pray wherever there's a salty well, a bitter heart, God, that, Father, we would not be okay for our existence, God, but we would run to you to transform it on the inside of us. Change us today. Come on, let's sing it together.